CES Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. I feel it in my I'm a citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game for speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new Survivor, Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Welcome to another episode of the Swamp 247 Podcast. I am your host, Graham Hall, joined once again by my co-host, Jacob Runder. And we are here to break down Florida's penultimate home game of the regular season, Saturday's 12 p.m. contest against a winless Arkansas Razorbacks team in conference play. The Razorbacks arrive in Gainesville 0-5 in the SEC. And if you've been following what is going on in Fayetteville, you've seen that they have changed coordinators midseason, which is never a promising sign. Dan Enos was let go on October 22nd. And the Razorbacks have had a couple weeks now to prepare for that adjustment. So it is an absolutely intriguing contest in my mind. The Gators looking to avoid another letdown after losing to number one Georgia uh, and it's going to be, I think, a pretty intriguing contest, especially when you consider that Florida is wearing black uniforms for the first time in program history, something fans have called for for a long time, not just fans, but players as well. There's a lot of this matchup to watch for, and we're going to discuss it all today. Jacob, we're going to dive right into it. You have had a chance to scout the Arkansas Razorbacks. If you haven't read Jacob's scouting preview, go ahead and check that out on swamp247.com. Always a fantastic job thorough analysis, but we're briefly going to talk about some of the things that he covered in there, starting with the Razorbacks offense, which is led not just by redshirt senior KJ Jefferson, but potentially the return of Rocket Sanders, one of the league's better running backs, in my opinion, that could give them another weapon on offense that they have been missing. Jacob, when you look at this Arkansas offense, what do they do well and what kind of challenge could they pose for the Gators defense on Saturday? Well, Graham, to be frank, they didn't do much well uh, over the course of their first eight games, and that's the reason why Dan Enos was fired uh, prior to their bye week after a 7-3 to loss to Mississippi State. Uh, and it does create some intrigue heading into this matchup. As we've talked about uh, on this podcast at large, even as far back as last year, uh, you know, it is hard to make in-season coordinator changes and have that directly impact the way that you operate on the field. You're eight weeks deep into the season. Your offense is fully installed. You're not installing a new system in a week's worth of time, or I guess in two weeks, uh, because this change occurred over the bye week for the Razorbacks. But but still, I don't expect large-scale changes. What I do expect uh, is maybe for shades of what Arkansas did under Kendall Bryles two years ago before he left to TCU to maybe come back a little bit again. Kenny Guyton is former wide receivers coach, now interim offensive coordinator for the Razorbacks. He worked under Bryles for two seasons. Uh, this is his third at Arkansas. And so I do maybe expect some of those up-tempo spread elements that we saw last year with the Razorbacks when they averaged 470 yards per game to maybe come back to a degree. Again, is it going to be completely new stuff? No, there are a lot of transfers on this Arkansas offense, all of whom, did not play for Kendall Bryles last year. And so they aren't prepared to revert back to a playbook that they're unfamiliar with. That being said, there are some key players who are. Rocket Sanders is somebody who you mentioned, Graham, 
unclear if he's going to play against the Gators, but he is familiar, obviously, with what Arkansas's offense was prior to the Daniels hiring. Quarterback K.J. Jefferson, who has the potential to be a real difference maker, especially with his legs, he is familiar with the old Arkansas offense. And so in aligning with what Sam Pittman said, where they're going to chop about 30% of the Enos playbook moving forward, I do foresee some more uh, creative opportunities for K.J. Jefferson, uh, you know, chances for him to be able to make plays with his legs. And that being said, there are some weapons within this offense. Uh, offense, excuse me. Junior running back A.J. Green has been quite good. He's averaging six yards per carry, which is the best on the team in a limited sample size, though he's played in all of the games. Rocket Sanders rushed for over 1,400 yards last year and was excellent. Uh, you know, again, if he plays, that would be a difference maker. And then, of course, K.J. Jefferson. I, you know, I think that this is a guy who really could wreak havoc on a defense if he's allowed to kind of get back to him as his old self out of the pocket, being a little bit more fluid, not forced to be so much of a, you know, stand in the pocket and read the field and go through a progression, but rather be able to kind of be, uh, you know, a dual threat quarterback, really. Uh, that's big. And then the last guy is wide receiver Andrew Armstrong. He is was excellent uh, at Texas A&M Corpus Christi last year. Uh, had over a thousand yards receiving on over sixty receptions. Led the team in touchdowns. Then transfers to Arkansas over the offseason and has been uh, similarly impactful. He's got over forty receptions, over five hundred yards, and leads the team with four touchdowns. He is clearly uh, Arkansas's top target in its passing game. Uh, I can I can foresee that being a little bit of a challenge for this Florida defense who hasn't really covered really well uh, in these last couple of weeks, especially against receivers who can challenge them vertically. Uh, and that's something that Armstrong certainly has. Uh, the big thing, though, is that this offensive line, Graham, is, is just not there this year. They allow pressure at a rate that is almost unmatched by any other FBS team in the country. Over 13% of their plays from scrimmage uh, throughout the season against FBS opponents have resulted in sacks. It's the fourth highest rate in the nation uh, among FBS programs. That could be you know, a, a big deal, whether or not Florida is able to generate a pass rush which it hasn't really been able to do so far this season, at least with consistency, will be a, a big factor. And secondary to that is how much will it be able to contain K.J. Jefferson? Because again, I do think that there's a possibility that we see more spread tempo elements to this offense under Guyton uh, in his first week as interim coordinator. And that will put pressure on Florida's defense to run some good contain and as well as to get pressure. So so these are the things that I'll be watching. Uh, and, and what Arkansas has the potential to do uh, but again, I will tie this all back together and throw it back to you here by saying this. It's unpredictable when you have an in-season coordinator change. Uh, it could help. There could be a little bit of a bounce associated with the change. It could be equally disastrous, though. Yeah, I definitely think it's high risk, high reward type scenario, not to use a cliche when you're going to. Let me mention this. I was a little surprised that Sam Pittman did put a number on how much of the playbook they're throwing out. You know, normally coaches are a little bit more coy and try and keep things close to the vest and, and not divulge that information to keep some teams guessing. And, and who knows if he's being truthful, obviously a very savvy guy from his time under Kirby smart at Georgia. Uh, someone that Billy Napier said he has a personal relationship and of course, a lot of respect for, and you mentioned KJ Jefferson, you know, that is a guy that not too long ago, really back into this past off season was considered one of the sec's top quarterbacks coming back, being a redshirt senior a guy who clearly has dual threat capabilities. I think he's a little bit underrated thrower as well, but you see how important, of course, you know, a coordinator is to 
a quarterback's ability to be successful. And you mentioned the offensive line and some transfers there. One is very familiar to Florida fans. That's Josh Braun, who transferred to Arkansas after last season. After he fell out of the rotation in Gainesville, he has started this season. Does look like he has improved. But as you said, this Arkansas offensive line has allowed a lot of pressure this season. That is certainly something that Florida is going to be looking to capitalize on. But also, it's something that we haven't seen too often recently. Go back to the South Carolina game. You know, a little bit of deja vu here, in my opinion, where we were talking about a South Carolina team coming off the bye week, how many sacks they had allowed through, what, six games so far this season. And Florida was unable to generate pressure against Spencer Rattler. They weren't really, I don't think they got any sacks in that contest. And Rattler had one of his more impressive games of the season, was very effective through the air, and the Gators allowed 37 points on offense. That is certainly something that you're going to have to watch for. I don't think you can bank on this defensive line being able to generate pressure, especially considering they lost Shamar James for the final month of the season. Florida's leading tackler, a communicator within the defense. People are going to have to step up within the front seven. So it's going to be, I think, a tall task for Florida to take advantage of this maligned Arkansas offensive line. Obviously, the Razorbacks have issues on offense. Their defense, though, has been a fair bit more impressive this season. They are coming off a game where they held Mississippi State to three points. I think that certainly this is a a, a unit that, as Billy Napier said, has players in all three levels of the defense. When you look at this Arkansas defense, what have they done well this season? And and what are the ways that they could maybe cause some trouble for quarterback Graham Mertz in this Florida offense on Saturday? Yeah, Graham, if you don't mind, I'm actually going to I'm going to have us take a step back here real quick. I want to comment on something you just said, and that is the absence of Shamar James uh, and its impact in particular this week on how Florida might be able to handle the Arkansas offense. I actually think that that is a potentially game altering absence for the Gators. This is not the week to be missing your best, most heady, well-prepared, athletic linebacker when you're facing a guy in KJ Jefferson, who knows how to make defenses pay with his legs. He is a dual threat quarterback in the truest sense. This is a guy who does a really good job outside of the pocket. Like I said earlier, his legs are a factor. And even when he's not running, it does force defenses to have to respect that aspect of his game. You can't ignore the rushing ability of KJ Jefferson, or you risk getting burnt by it. The issue is, is that if you don't do that properly, it could leave you exposed in pass coverage. It makes pass coverage a lot harder. It typically takes a man out of that coverage uh, scheme. And and Shamar James is a guy who's performed really well for the most part throughout this season in that role. He does a good job of finding the balance between keeping rushing quarterbacks honest while still being a factor in mitigating their pass attempts. Does Florida have a linebacker who will be capable of filling that role? We're about to find out. I, I do think that Manny Nunnery who we've written about over at Swamp247.com, I I do think that Manny Nunnery has the potential given his athleticism. Billy Napier has shared with us that that's Florida's fastest linebacker, uh, and and he is somebody who I do believe could keep pace. Has he had the reps and experience at the SEC level in order to really be able to do that? That's where my questions lie. So I'll be interested to see how Nunnery, among other guys, step up for Shamar. Uh, Now I will move on to the defense. I apologize for the, uh, the disruption there. This is a very, very good Arkansas defense. The better defense than the record would indicate. Uh, I think two and six might suggest that perhaps Arkansas is playing with a defensive unit uh, that has had some letdowns. 
That's not really the case. It's a top 50 defense in almost every category, including scoring, where it's allowing only 24.3 points per game, 339 yards per game. It's a top, I believe, 35 defense in terms of total yards allowed. Uh, and it really starts up front. This is a great pass rush unit, particularly off the edges, which has been a weakness for Florida. Landon Jackson, the defensive end, comes to mind immediately. He's a six foot seven, 280 ish pound edge. Uh, had three and a half of his five and a half sacks against Alabama, leads the team with 10 and a half tackles for loss, and has essentially been an excellently graded player for the Razorbacks week in and week out. How will Florida handle that? I am not 100% sure. Uh, there is a nearly just as good option for the Razorbacks on the other side of that defensive line. So the edges are extremely potent uh, and it doesn't really stop there. The interior of the defensive line plays quite well. They generate a lot of pressure from the interior coming up the middle. That unit has also contributed to allowing just 3.9 yards per rush on the season, uh, which is a low number. And, and I do want to highlight this. I think it's interesting. Arkansas has faced fewer passes this season than any other FBS team in FBS games. They're, they're averaging just 22 passes against on the season, and they are still extremely productive. 11% sack percentage on plays from scrimmage on defense. This is a group that is potent. Its linebacker play has been very good. Jaheim Thomas leads the team with 74 tackles on the season and has graded out well. He's somebody Florida fans should probably keep an eye on as a pass rusher with three and a half sacks on the season. Uh, Arkansas secondary has been solid, but banged up by injuries. It sounds like this might be the first week in a while where they have all of their personnel available uh, and healthy. Guys who stand out to me, Jalen Braxton, the right corner. Arkansas plays right and left corners. Uh, and Braxton has been fantastic. Only seven of 15 passing against him for 101 yards and no scores. He leads Arkansas with five pass breakups. Uh, Florida fans might recognize the name Ali Walcott the uh, starting safety, the strong safety for Arkansas. He was a Florida target out of the portal uh, this offseason out of Baylor, I believe. Uh, you know, another very solid player. And those kind of exist throughout that secondary. And so this is going to be a unit that will really challenge Florida to do one of two things. Either A, become a more balanced offensive attack and try to establish the run, which is what a lot of Arkansas's opponents have tried to do and have done rather successfully so far this season or try and manage the pass rush, which has not been a strength for this Florida defense. The Gators are allowing more sacks than almost anybody in the country so far this season, other than Arkansas. Uh, and, and you take your chances and essentially try and deal with a guy like Landon Jackson uh, and keep Graham Mertz clean. If it were up to me, I would probably shoot for a little bit more balance, just given what we've seen from the pass protection out of the Gators so far this year. Uh, but that is really the mystery of the game, is how Florida will try uh, to navigate a defense that has been way, way better that it's two and six record might suggest. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, and you mentioned Shamar James. I think we also need to mention the injury to Kingsley Aguacan. You know, that's a guy who is listed on the depth chart, but I do think there's a potential where he may be a little bit limited this week. You may see Jake Slaughter in there at center again. And if that's a situation, I, I do think that Florida is going to look to establish the run a little bit more, just seeing how Slaughter has graded out as a run blocker so far this season. But we've talked a lot about the lack of continuity along the offensive line, having to rotate in at the center spot, as well as, you know, we've seen some issues at, at right tackle as well this season, even really the right side of the offensive line. How does Florida handle that against a above average defense, a, a really good defense, in my opinion, in the SEC? I, I certainly think that that's an intriguing part of this contest. I think it's going to be pivotal and it's, it's going to lead us into the next segment of this podcast, our keys to the game. You already discussed one of mine, and I'm going to go ahead and, and say it again before turning it back over to you. I do think that establishing the run is critical in this game for the Gators. You know, they need to not be one dimensional. I've said this before, as effective as Graham Mertz has been this season, you don't really want him having to go out there and throw 45 times for you to get in a shootout and, you know, win a game like that. That's not Florida's, that's not their MO. That's not how that they, you know, like to operate. Billy Napier has historically throughout his brief, you know, head coaching career, when you look around at where he's been at, and, and even back, you know, when he was a coordinator, this is a run first guy, prefers to establish the run and open things up for his quarterback. We have not seen that in abundance too much this season. I think that obviously ETN has dealt with some injuries, but this is a game where Montreal Johnson, I, I think you're going to look for him to be able to get to the next level and, and make that defense, you know, keep guessing here. So Graham Mertz can be effective I'm going to say another one as well. Starting fast, that is something that we have seen the last couple of weeks against now South Carolina and then against Georgia, where Florida was able to score in both of those opening possessions within the first four and a half minutes. I think the momentum that that gives you is, is critical. Yes, is Florida not taking advantage of it? They have not. But I think you return home, you have a chance to pick up some momentum early against a team that is struggling on offense. And I think that that could absolutely be a very important part, a key to this game. If the Gators can start quickly, establish the run. And the last one, I hope I didn't steal any of yours, man, but avoiding special teams errors. We've talked about special teams consistently throughout the season on this podcast, and they have improved in some regards, but last week the Gators ended up giving up a safety on a punt block. Uh, you know, against South Carolina, they had 10 men on the field for a field goal attempt. If you're in a close contest and it comes down to special teams, I, I think that that could be something that hinders Florida's chances of winning. So playing a clean game in that regard, establishing the run, those are my keys to the game heading into this contest. What do you got? What are you looking for for your keys to the game? What do you think is going to determine this contest in, in either team's favor? Yeah, I'll start on the offensive side for the Gators. And it, it, to me, it's what I just said about protecting the quarterback. If you can't keep Graham Mertz at least somewhat clean in this game, it does have the potential to get out of hand. We've seen Florida struggle 
when Graham Mertz comes under fire, that was particularly the case against Georgia. One of the ways it was able to be so successful was that it had consistent and aggressive pressure on Graham Mertz throughout the game. The Bulldogs had four sacks, came into the game with very few on the season, one of the lower sack percentage teams in the country. Now Florida's facing one of the highest. This is a defense that has proven time and time again, you know, now two-thirds of the way through the season, that it, it can effectively get after the quarterback and, and make life hard in the backfield for opposing signal callers. Florida's offensive line has not protected well against that. Uh, that has been particularly the case off the edges, which is really where the strength of this Arkansas front lies. I wouldn't be surprised to see, you know, five-man pressures to try and occupy Florida linemen and see if they can create one-on-one -on -one matchup advantages to the line of scrimmage. Uh, you know, it'll come down, I think, as well uh, to Florida's running back's ability to contribute to its pass blocking. There, there will need to be some extra help this weekend based on the track records of these two teams. Uh, my second thing, I, I will echo to a degree something that you said, and that is starting fast on offense. But to me, this will come down more to sustaining the fast start. Momentum has to be captured by the Gators. And to me, that has been the one of the areas of major struggle, or at least con finding consistency has been an area of major struggle in that regard. The Gators have had several games so far this year where they start fast, they look good in the first quarter of their opening drive, and then they fizzle. They, they, they just kind of disappear. Georgia was probably the most apparent example of that, where Florida had an excellent opening drive and then didn't do anything for four quarters. Uh, you can't do that in this game. This is, this is one of those contests where you, if you can get off to a fast start, maintaining that and making sure that there's some momentum sustained from quarter one through four uh, will be critical. So I agree with you there. On the defensive side of the ball, uh, it, there are two key areas to me. The first is going to be tackling. Uh, Florida has struggled tremendously in recent weeks to complete plays, finish tackles. Uh, this is certainly not the game to do that with guys like potentially Rocket Sanders, KJ Jefferson, Andrew Armstrong. Uh, these are guys who are major yards after contact collectors. Uh, Jefferson has proven the ability to do this at several points throughout this season. Nick Saban even commented uh, on his toughness and ability to fight through contact. If you don't finish plays in this game, it definitely could get ugly. Uh, and then my other one is, are you able to generate a pass rush? We haven't seen that really so far this season from the Gators with any consistency. Uh, this is an offensive line that certainly presents opportunities in order to be able to get after the quarterback. Uh, and if you can do that, I do believe that you know, there, there could be some mitigating an offense that's in a stage of transition, uh, which is where this Arkansas team is at the end of the day. So uh, I, I see a winnable game for the Gators, but I don't think it will be easy. Uh, and I, I do believe that it will come down to those keys and, and maybe a couple other things uh, if Florida hopes to emerge victorious. Yeah, I don't disagree with any of your keys to the game. I'm glad you mentioned tackling because go back to that Kentucky game where Florida was just unable to wrap up. And, and now they're coming off a contest where they, looked, you know, the less physical of the two teams. Let me say that against Georgia, a bounce back is much needed. We know that Florida has played better this season at home, but it is a 12 PM start. You know, the only other time we've seen that against the sec was, as I mentioned, Kentucky. So I think that absolutely this is a contest where Florida is going to have to avoid letting that letdown against the Bulldogs hangover, have to bounce back in in that way from an energy standpoint and then losing shamar james how will they tackle without him how will guys like manny nunnery 
freshman Jaden Robinson, who has played in all games this season, all eight games this season. Uh, Derek Wingo, who's played in 33 of the last 34 games, has become more of a consistent contributor for this Florida defense, but really has not played a sizable role, a starting role, where he, he's been asked to play 40 snaps or more too often. I, I think that how guys like him handle this this team that has certainly you know weapons on its roster, that's an absolutely intriguing part for me in this contest. I, I don't disagree with any of the keys you just made. Where I do think I'm curious here where we agree or not is in our predictions for the game. And I'm going to turn it right back over to you. How do you see this game unfolding? I know you mentioned that you don't think it's going to be an easy one for Florida, certainly a winnable one in your mind, but how do you think it shakes out? Are the Gators going to secure victory or have a letdown once again uh, to a team that has not won an SEC contest all season long? Yeah, I think that this is the kind of game where it would be unwise to predict an upset against the Gators here. And I think for that reason being, Florida is the better team coming into this game, all things considered. Uh, There are no parts of Florida's roster that are as uh, dysfunctional, we'll say, as Arkansas's offense. And and maybe some of that is cleaned up a little bit this week. You get rid of the coordinator who might have been holding you back a little bit. Uh, You bring in a guy in Guyton who is experienced uh, in the offensive system that worked at Arkansas. But I don't think that that solves your problems very quickly. Uh, And and so for that reason, I, I don't think it would be wise to pick against the Gators. That being said, this is the kind of game where I can see an upset occurring, and it wouldn't surprise me at all. Uh, I do think Vegas has it right in lowering the line now to three and a half points. It started at six and a half. Uh, Florida is still a favorite, but, but I do believe that this will be uh, a contest that that comes within a score, uh, regardless of who wins it. That being said, I'm going to stick with the Gators here. Uh, I do think that Florida's offense will be able to do enough. I don't think Arkansas's offense will be able to do enough, and so I'm going 27 24 Gators. Uh, I had said on our uh, Arkansas counterpart site over at hogsports.com over the Arkansas 247, I had said 31-27 Florida. I'm lowering that total a little bit. I I think I didn't give Arkansas's defense uh, enough credit in my earlier this week prediction. Uh, And after studying them a little bit more, I, I do think that they will be able to limit Florida to a degree but I still have no confidence really in that offense to be able to get the job done. So again, 27, 24 Gators. Yeah, I'm, I'm going with a very similar prediction, although I do think that Florida is able to limit that Arkansas Razorbacks offense a little bit more. I'm going to go 23, 10 Florida. I think that the Gators are going to have to settle for some field goals, just knowing the defense that Arkansas has, how impressive they are in all three aspects. I think that you could see drive stall out. Uh, a failure to convert on third down. And I could see Trace Mack hitting three field goals in this game. But I do think, as you mentioned, Arkansas's offense is, I hate to call them putrid because they obviously have weapons, but they are, you used a good word, dysfunctional. And it would be very demoralizing for not just Florida's defense, but the entire team. If you get in a, a shootout with this Arkansas team and you let them find their confidence and KJ Jefferson becomes this dual threat quarterback that you know he's capable of being, but maybe hasn't performed to his capabilities this season, obviously not all his fault, but to have that happen against Arkansas, knowing that the Gators are also playing for bowl eligibility. It, you know, as I mentioned, black jerseys for the first time in program history, I know that that is maybe something that people scoff at, but it can absolutely give you a little bit of an an edge because Florida has been 
calling for this for a long time, it could lead to some excitement, which is an intangible, which I am curious to see how it manifests itself on the field. I think Arkansas is just not able to score more than 10 points against the Gators. I, I absolutely could be wrong if there are defensive breakdowns, if the loss of Shamar James absolutely becomes a critical one for Florida's defense. But I'm going with the Gators once again to win 23-10. I think Florida is too good at home this season. I think they performed much better at home. They were able to beat Tennessee at home. This is a team that has not really had too much trouble in Gainesville this season. And I do think that that's going to be a factor in this contest, that 12 p.m. start aside. If the Gators end up losing this one and have to find another win somewhere else the rest of the way to secure bowl eligibility and get those critical bowl practices and get those younger guys experience in a postseason contest, I think it absolutely, you know, insult to injury, really. This would be a, a devastating, I'll call it that, a devastating loss to Arkansas, just considering what is on the line considering that you're playing a team that doesn't have an SEC victory. I hate to harp on that because they have been in close contests this season. Billy Napier mentioned that against Alabama, against LSU, they went toe-to-toe with those teams and they were very competitive. So to say that they're not going to be a competitive team despite firing their coordinator um, in Dan Enos, I think would be unwise to say. But I do think that it probably created some more problems in in that program rather than immediately fix everything, because that can lead to a lack of confidence. Um, You know, they have to win out to maintain, you know, to get bowl eligible. And I just don't know whether they're able to rally uh, around themselves and and do that, especially on the road in a daunting venue um, like the swamp. So I am going Florida 23, 10. We will be back next week to see who was right. See who was the closest one, or if we were both wrong, if Arkansas, ends up getting this upset of the Gators at home next week as well. I have talked basketball on this podcast. I said last time, Jacob Rudner's coverage has been fantastic of the Florida basketball team. The season is right around the corner. This is the last podcast we're going to do before the start of the 2023-24 men's basketball season. It starts next Monday at 8 PM against Loyola, Maryland. You can watch it on ESPN plus, but check out all of our coverage and our preview content from that contest before the Gators take on Loyola, Maryland. And and then again, a a daunting matchup next week against a very good Virginia team. So make sure you stay tuned to Swamp 247. That's going to do it for us. We'll be back next week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Leave us a comment. We read them all. And for Jacob Rundner, I'm Graham Hall. We'll see you next time.